Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we're on Season 3, Episode 24, Mr. Terrific. This episode originally aired on April 30th of 1988. So what other intriguing historical events have transpired on that day? Well, in 1808, the first typewriter is finished by Italian Pellegrini Turi. In 1897, English, English physicist J.J. Thomson announces his discovery of the electron in a lecture to the Royal Institution. In 1904, the ice cream cone is first introduced. In 1952, Mr. Potato Head becomes the first toy to be advertised on television. In 1955, Element Atomic Number 101, or Mendelevium, is announced. In 1993, the World Wide Web source code is released by CERN, making the software freely available to all. In 2013, Willem Alexander becomes the first male ruler of the Netherlands in 123 years following the abdication of his mother, Queen Beatrix. In 2018, the world's oldest known spider, a female trapdoor, dies after being killed by a wasp sting in Western Australia at the age of 43. And our most recent event, on April 30th of 2019, a new type of dementia is identified and named Limbic Predominant Age-Related TDP-43 Encephalopathy after initially being misdiagnosed as Alzheimer's disease. That is our history lesson for the day. So why don't you inform us what transpired on this superhero-filled edition of The Golden Girls. Okay. Oh boy, in scene one, we're in the kitchen. Sophia, she's cooking something. Dorothy enters from the back door and says she has her choice of summer jobs. Three interviews, three offers. Wow. Blanche enters and she is just exhausted. She spent the entire day shopping for beds. Uh, Blanche needs a new bed as her old one is falling apart. And she says the prices are outrageous. Sophia says the beds in Sicily were dirt cheap, mostly because it was dirt you were sleeping on. Uh, Rose enters through the back door. Rose tells us she met Mr. Terrific at the mall in an empty storefront that used to be Jack Kemp's campaign headquarters. He has a television show, and he is a superhero. Not a clown like Bozo. Yeah. Okay, scene two. We're in the living room. Sophia's on the couch as Blanche enters the front door. We learn they delivered Blanche's new bed and were setting it up all day long. Man, Blanche thinks they delivered the wrong bed. And she goes back to look and Rose enters from the bedroom hallway and wonders what is Blanche's hurry. But Sophia says the enormous thing in her bedroom. And Rose says she thought Blanche broke up with Roger. Rose is going out with Mr. Terrific again. Wow, Sophia talks about comic books in Sicily, her favorite being Benito the Hood. <clears throat> Blanche come back, comes back out 
and says they delivered the wrong bed and charged her for the cheaper bed. Wow. Mr. Terrific arrives. Then Dorothy arrives. They all meet and greet. Dorothy is depressed about her new job. She's head of arts and crafts at the day camp. Dorothy is a high school teacher looking for summertime work. Mr. Terrific thinks he can help her out. He'll see what he can do. Rose and Mr. Terrific leave. Scene three, we're in Mr. Terrific's show. We see parts of his show. Then a Mr. Hastings, the producer, comes out and talks to Dorothy and says he loved her memo and that she has many great ideals. Dorothy tells Rose, who just entered, that the show is going terrible, but better than 30-something. Ah, we get back to the show. The show ends and the producer wants to see Mr. Terrific in his office. Mr. Terrific goes to the producer's office as Rose and Dorothy head home. Scene four, we're in the kitchen. Sophia's at the table. Blanche enters and claims she hasn't been able to sleep in weeks. She feels so guilty about that new bed. It has been over three weeks, so she can't return it to the store. Dorothy and Rose enter, and they have just come over from the studio, and Mr. Terrific will be there shortly after his meeting with that producer. Yes, Dorothy thinks the meeting is, is to go over some of the recommendations that she made. The doorbell rings. Rose goes to answer it. Blanche asks Dorothy what she thinks Blanche should do with her bed, and Dorothy replies, put it in the Smithsonian. Ah, uh, we see Rose answer the front door, and it is Mr. Terrific, and he says he has been fired, and it is all Dorothy's fault. So scene five, we're in the living room. All the girls and Mr. Terrific, they discuss some of the improvements that Dorothy suggested, like redo the theme song. They wanted Mr. Terrific to use Dorothy's improvements, and he said no. So they fired him. Dorothy thinks she can fix it, so she will try to do so tomorrow morning, then call Mr. Terrific right before showtime. Yes. So at scene six, we're in Mr. Terrific's show. We see Dorothy trying to explain to Mr. Hastings about her recommendations. And Mr. Hastings thinks he has a great idea to replace Mr. Terrific, and it is not to use Mr. Mailman slash Mr. Policeman. Scene seven, we're at a bar. Mr. Terrific is there, and we see Rose enter. We get some information from Mr. Terrific about the show. He knows, he knows that Dorothy can't get him on the air before showtime, but we see Dorothy on the TV being Mrs. School Teacher in his spot. Mr. Terrific leaves and says he is headed to the studio. Oh, boy. Rose follows. <clears throat> Scene 8, we're at the show. Dorothy is on the air. <clears throat> the show is not going too well. Rose enters after the show went to a cartoon. We learn that Mr. Terrific is on the ledge, ready to jump. So we go out, we see Mr. Terrific on the ledge, and Rose and Dorothy are talking to him. Mr. Terrific says he can see Rose's house from there. And Mr. Terrific says he won't jump, he will fly from the ledge. He is going to prove that his fans want him. Rose goes out on the ledge with Mr. Terrific. Rose is going to fly with him. And he holds Rose and jumps off the ledge. And they are flying. Some strings appeared out of nowhere. Scene 9. 
in the living room. Mr. Terrific has his job back. Rose states that Mr. Policeman will be there at the house shortly. Blanche comes out of her bedroom just waiting to go to jail because of her theft of the bed, yes. And Mr. Policeman shows up at the door and Blanche tells him to take her, take her, and leads him back to her bedroom as this episode ends. Um, uh, so, uh, we have a few references throughout this episode. Uh, the National Enquirer, which is a tabloid magazine of some sort. Uh, Mark Twain, who was a author in the late 1800s, more or less. Uh, Jack Kemp, who was an American politician and professional football player, uh, who also served as Housing Secretary under Bush number one uh, and was the Vice President nominee for Bob Dole. Okay. Um, Bozo the Clown is a fictional clown created and introduced in the U.S. in 1946 and then to TV in 49 uh, with his popularity peaking in the 60s. Uh, Mr. Whipple was a fictional supermarket manager featured in TV commercials that ran from 1964 to 1985 for Charmin toilet paper. Uh, comic book, uh, they bring up something called a Brass Knuckle RV show, which I could not find anything about what that was, okay. so I have no clue what that meant. Huh. Wow. Um, Sophia discusses comic books in the 30s, more or less. In Italy, yes. Uh, right. Well, that would, well, I didn't really have that, so, uh, I didn't really get that part. So, uh. um, 1930s comic books, at least as far as in the U.S. is concerned, is typically referred to as the golden age of comic books, uh, from the late 30s to about 1950, uh, during this time, modern comics were first published, rapidly increased in popularity. Uh, the superhero archetype was created, and many well-known characters were introduced, including Superman, Batman, Captain Marvel, Captain America, and Wonder Woman. Uh, now, the first use of the term Golden Age for this period was by Richard A. Lupoff in an article, Rebirth, which he was published in issue number one the fanzine Comic Art in April 1960. Uh, many cite the beginning of the Golden Age for uh, to be the 1938 debut of Superman in Action Comics number one. Uh, and that's the short version of this. I mean, there's a lot more I could discuss if we wanted to <laughs> yes. about this. Um, of course, it would later be followed by the Silver Age uh, in the 60s, and then the Bronze Age in the 70s and whatnot. Uh, Neiman Marcus uh, is an American chain of luxury department stores. Dave Garraway was a TV personality, the founding host and anchor of uh, the Today Show from 1952 to 1961. Uh, and that's more or less it about him as far as I see there. Uh, the Today Show is a news and talk morning TV program that airs daily since 1952 on NBC, um, at least through the week. I don't know if they air on the weekend. I don't pay attention. 
Um, Angie Dickinson is an American actress uh, who was in many uh, things throughout her career. Uh, 30-something was a TV show about a, a group of baby boomers in their 30s uh, attempting to adapt to the culture of the 80s. Uh, Barishnikov is Alexander Barishnikov, a Soviet athlete who competed mainly in the shot put event. Um, the Smithsonian is a group of museums and research centers administered by the United States government. It was founded on August 10th of 1846 uh, for the increase and diffusion of knowledge. The institution is named after its founding donor, British scientist James Smithson, and it was originally organized as the United States National Museum, but that name ceased to exist in 1967. Uh, termed the nation's attic for its eclectic holdings of 154 million items, the institution's 19 museums, 9 research centers, and zoo include include historical and architectural landmarks mostly located in the District of Columbia. Additional facilities are located in Arizona, Maryland, Massachusetts, New York City, Pittsburgh, Texas, Virginia, and Panama, and more than 200 institutions and museums in 45 states, Puerto Rico, and Panama as well. Uh, the Institute is visited annually by approximately about 30 million people, uh, all free of charge. Um, the Spirit of St. Louis is the custom-built single-engine, single-seat, high-wing monoplane that was flown by Charles Lindbergh in 1927. Captain Kangaroo uh, it was an American children's TV series that aired weekday mornings on CBS from October of 1955 until December of 1984, making it the longest-running nationally broadcast children's TV program of its day. Uh, he, uh, Mr. Green Jeans was a character on uh, Captain Kangaroo. Uh, Guam is a unincorporated but organized territory of the United States and Micronesia in the western Pacific Ocean. It is the westernmost point and territory of the United States, along with the northern Mariana Islands. Uh, so that is Guam briefly. Uh, Superman also briefly here. Uh, a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by DC, uh, created by writer Jerry Siegel and artist Joe Schuster. Uh, the character first appeared in Action Comics number one on April 18th of 1938, which marked the rise of the golden age of comic books, which we previously discussed, if you had forgotten. Yes. Uh, Squeaky Fromm, or Lynette Fromm, is an American criminal best known as a member of the Manson family who attempted to assassinate United States President Gerald Ford in 1975, was sentenced to life imprisonment for the attempt, but was released on parole in 2009 after 34 years of imprisonment. Uh, Lex Luthor is a fictional supervillain uh, appearing in DC Comics, uh, created by Siegel and Schuster, is said to have appeared in is said to have first appeared in both or either 
Action Comics number 23, which was published in April of 1940, or Superman number 4, which was published in spring of 1940, uh, and has since endured as the arch enemy of Superman. Uh, originally introduced as a simple mad scientist whose schemes Superman would foil, uh, his portrayal has evolved over the years into more of a wealthy, power-mad, American business magnate, ingenious engineer, and philanthropist to the city of Metropolis, as well as one of the most intelligent people in the world. Uh, the Joker uh, is a supervillain created by Bill Finger, Bob Kane, and Jerry Robinson, who first appeared in the debut issue of Batman, published on April 25th of 1940. Uh, credit for his creation is disputed. Uh, Kane and Robinson claim responsibility for the design while acknowledging Finger's writing contribution. Although the Joker was initially planned to be killed off in his first appearance, he was spared by, the, by editorial intervention, allowing the character to endure as the archenemy of Batman. Uh, so that is him. Um, well, initially, he uh, is typically portrayed as a criminal mastermind, initially introduced as a psychopath with a very warped, sadistic sense of humor. Uh, the character became a goofy prankster in the late 50s in response to the Comics Code Authority and not helped any by the Jim Carrey portrayal in the later Batman. <laughs> or no, that's the Riddler, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's the Riddler, sorry. Um, before returning to his more darker roots uh, in the 70s. Uh, don't worry, I'll remember what I'm talking about in a minute. Um, Sigmund Freud, our last reference here, was an Austri Austrian neurologist. I was about to say Australian. Uh, Austrian neurologist and the founder of psychoanalysis, a clinical method for treating psychopathology through dialogue between a patient and psychoanalyst. Uh, we have a few side characters in this episode. Uh, Mr. Terrific, who is played by Bob Dishy, uh, known for Along Came Polly, The Wackness, Don Juan DeMarco, and Brighton Beach Memoirs. Uh, uh, never heard of any of those, except the first one. Never heard of any of those other projects there. Uh, Don Woodard uh, is known entirely for his production work. So let's see his acting credits. Uh, he has 16 of them, uh, appearing in such projects as... Well, he appeared earlier uh, this season, I think, uh, as Ernie in... Um, or who is this? This is Don... Okay, so this is the guy that played the, the puppet, Kolak. I don't uh, think I said that. Okay. Uh, so earlier he was in Rose's Big Adventure, uh, the one where she goes on the boat or whatever, as yes. Ernie. I think that was her main romantic interest in that episode. Okay. I think. I don't really remember at this point. But So he's been here before. So he was in um, Naked Gun, Mama's Family, A Gnome Named Norm, Just Shoot Me, uh, but mostly known for his production work on projects such as Dream On, Rodney, Just Shoot Me, and Flying Blind. A two-time award nominee. Are these actual awards or Cable Ace? So not really. Um, Freddy, or Mr. Mailman, Policeman, uh, is played by Jim Hudson. 
known for Die Hard 2, Joe versus the Volcano, Bachelor Party, and Life Goes On, in which he plays Santa. He also did some voice work for the Star Trek Armada video game as well. Uh, the, the director, or the male stage manager, is played by Ron Capra, uh, who only has five other acting credits uh, other than this one. Uh, for MASH, he plays a driver. Trapper John M.D., Benson, Hail to the Chief, and Ann Gillian. He also appeared earlier in this series in, I think, the Season 2 episode where the girls are going to go meet Burt Reynolds and get arrested for oh. prostitution. Yes. He plays the uh, clerk at the hotel desk in that episode. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Uh, Mr. Hastings, I think that's the the like producer guy. Yes. Uh, he is played by Lonnie Price, uh, who is mostly known for his directing work, but his acting work, he has appeared in Two Broke Girls, Law and Order, Jacob Have I Loved, and uh, The Muppets Take Manhattan. Uh, but most known for his... Oh, he also appears in Dirty Dancing uh, as well. Uh, mostly known, though, for his directing work on stuff, mostly like live TV, like concert stuff. Uh, so he uh, directed nine episodes of Live from Lincoln Center. Uh, great performances. Uh, he also directed three episodes of Two Broke Girls uh, and five episodes of Desperate Housewives. Uh, he is a two-time Emmy winner uh, for, uh, firstly, uh, a two-time Emmy winner, three-time nominee. He did not win one of his nominations. So the one he was nominated for and did not win uh, in 2008 for um, outstanding directing of a variety music or comedy program for great performances. Uh, then he won two Emmys in 2002 for outstanding classical music dance program for Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street in concert. And in 2011, uh, a directing Emmy for a different episode of great performances. Huh. Uh, so... He played the producer in this episode. Uh, the female stage manager is played by Jody Price, who has five other acting credits besides this one in her career, uh, for a TV show called Watch Your Mouth. Uh, then Sisters, Who's the Boss, the TV series of A League of Their Own, uh, and then Roseanne and Tom, Behind the Scenes. And she did appear earlier... In um, one of the episodes involving surgery, I think this is the one, I think Blanche wants to go get a facelift or something. She was a nurse in that episode. Uh. Uh, the Diner Patron is played by John Wheeler, known for Apollo 13, uh, Star Trek, the original series. He plays Gav. If you know, if you remember who that is. Uh, no. Okay, uh, Simon and Simon <laughs> And Mrs. Santa Claus, she he plays man in Santa suit in that one. Okay. And last but not least, the cashier at the uh, diner is played by Raph Morrow, known for his work 
on Bucky Larson, born to be a star, the mentalist, house, and uh, desperate housewives. Also known for his directing work on such stellar films as Blonde on a Bum Trip and Girls in the Saddle. Uh, which, uh, are these what I think they are? Uh, let's see, Girls in the Saddle. Two screenwriters write a sexy western while surrounded by naked, hot-to-trot girls on a secluded dude ranch. <laughs> yeah, that was from 1969. Uh, do we want to hear the other one? What's this? Blonde on a Bum Trip. This is from 1968. Oh, boy. A naive young college student who is majoring in chemistry is persuaded by her roommates and a would-be drug dealer to make LSD for them, and she winds up getting caught up in the, quote, acid lifestyle. So, uh, okay. So, great uh, late 60s porn films, apparently. Um, so, one new sex partner established in this episode, Roger for Blanche. So our tally stands, Blanche 53, Dorothy 6, Rose 5, Sophia 2. I have a question which doesn't really matter. So this episode, Dorothy states that she's a high school teacher now. Yes. Um, that's a giant jump. That she has made. Well, I'm not. Does it ever say what ages or what grade she was a substitute teacher for? No, but that's that's a very a very different thing. But yeah, substitute. And now being a straight high school teacher, that's a high two school very different uh, things. There. Yes. Two very different qualifications needed. At least today, maybe in the 80s, you needed the same qualifications, but... Um, Possibly. Uh, yeah, my other thing with uh, Dorothy on that is she had her choice of summer jobs, three interviews, three offers. We never hear what they are or anything. Well, they, those she, never come back. Yeah, she had, the, she had one that was boring, the head of arts and crafts at the day camp. Well, okay, that was boring. You don't want that... You got two other, obviously you can get a job really easy, so go, you know, don't complain that you don't like this, and you only need it for three months, probably for the summer, I mean, gee. Uh-huh. I can be bored for three months. <laughs> well, it was much easier to be bored in the 80s. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, but, yeah, sure. And I mean, earlier this season, we had a whole episode about how much she loves literature and whatnot. Like, yeah. read you a new book or an old book that you haven't read before. Read a book. I mean, gee. Mm -hmm. Got three months off here. Uh, my observation, I got one which isn't really terrible, but uh, okay. I'm not sure. Okay. Because when we first meet Mr. Terrific... He says it will be 22 years next fall that he has been Mr. Terrific. So 22 years. But then during the show, Mr. Policeman, Mr. Mailman is, uh, he's reversed on the days he's supposed to be what, you know, and all that. And Mr. Terrific tells him, it's been 16 years, you know, you should know what we're doing by now. When will you learn? Then in the bar, 
when Mr. Terrific, he says it has been 22 years he has been Mr. Terrific. So, uh, you know, he keeps going back on how long he's been Mr. Terrific, apparently. Uh, so, our, well, now he's essentially just saying 22 every time. Well, because that other with, line would clearly imply then they didn't bring on this other character for four or five years. Oh, maybe that's possible, yes. Because uh, it may have taken six years for that character to be on there, I guess. Right. Okay. And this is apparently the summer because she's on summer vacation, right? So, my kitchen observation they have a Christmassy type tablecloth out there. It's got red and green leaves, splashes of white, and it's like, oh, that's a Christmas tablecloth in the summer. Well, obviously people do that. Um, but that was just my little observation there. We had two Sicily Italian references in this episode. Uh, one about the beds are dirt cheap and the comic of Benito the Hood. And that was my only counts for this episode. So my total counts now read weddings, planned weddings are at six. Physical abuses arose eight. St. Olaf stories 21. Picture story 16. Cheesecakes eaten 11. Sicily Italian story seven. There's been 30 Sicily Italian references. 14 times the girls mad at each other, etc. moving out. Sports, 19 of them. Games, 24. Eight Stanley appearances. And this one, I like this show, I think. Uh, it's way out there, you know, hard to believe, but I like it. 79 out of 100 is my ranking. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until the next episode, goodbye.